Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now, he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. This week, there was a significant major realignment. Uh, that is an indication of a major realignment in our politics. You know, sometimes you have people who are doing very well and people doing very poorly, and the vote share oscillates. For example, Biden falling apart uh, is a uh, good example of that. Hello. Is there anybody in there? Bueller. Just not if you can hear me. So that's an example, but, you know, you assume that after... (laughs) gas prices come down and maybe the world gets back to normal, the Democratic Party will resurface and begin to be okay. Yeah, sure. But the result in Texas this last week is a realignment. That's a permanent shift that will dominate, that will take place over a period of 20 or 30 years. And that was the victory of Mayra Flores for Congress in Texas. Uh, Commentators didn't talk about it much because She'll only hold office for about five months before she has to run again in November. But if she went, but she'll probably win again. This was a Democratic seat in the heartland of the Rio Grande Valley, the absolute epicenter of the Latino vote in the United States. And a huge, huge, 85% Hispanic or Latino. And uh, the Democrats have controlled that seat literally, I think, since it was drawn, since its creation. And Mayra Flores defeated the Democrat. And I just think that that is a means that the Latino vote in this country is flipping from a base Democratic vote to a base Republican vote. Here with Doug DePiro, Hello, my Dick. consigliere <laughs> and uh, music maestro. <laughs> Happy Father's Day. Hey, Happy Father's thank Day. You. I'm not your father. No. <laughs> yeah. Mother. Old, not, not even old enough to be your father. Uh, half a word, mother. Yeah. But um, this is a very significant victory because it really means that the core base of the Democratic Party has lost one of its fundamental elements. Latinos are 19% of the population. Their vote hasn't caught up to their population share. It's now about 13 or 14. Blacks are 12. And, uh, but it's going to grow. It'll be uh, by 24. It'll be up to probably 15%, 16%. And they are now Republican. Well, basically, they're Christians, right? And that's part yeah. of it? And Well, not so much. They've always been Christians, but and they've always are Catholics, uh, although evangelicals a lot. But... The point is that they uh, they voted Democrat um, despite their position on abortion and gay rights and all of that. The dividing line was when the left began to attack America, not not abortion and not uh, pro-lifers, not any of that, but the United Socialism States. And-, and they began to tear down our statues, the heroes. Uh, say that the U.S. is a fundamentally racist nation and that it's Mm. founded on the basis of exploitation. And they began to adopt tactics and goals very reminiscent of Castro in Cuba and Maduro and Chavez Mm -hmm. in Venezuela and Sandinistas in Nicaragua and the Peronists in Argentina. They began to resemble the autocratic governments that that these people left and fled. Mm-hmm. Uh, often in a boat on the open sea for a hundred miles, right. uh, with threat of drowning, threat of being shot at, they risked their lives to come here, and now they're being told this country is a piece of you know what. Yeah, right. They are not buying that, and they are not buying that they have to return 
that they might have to return to the countries they fled or find the country they arrived in becoming like the country they fled. Right. Beset with corruption and (laughs) autocracy and uh, outrageous welfare spending that causes unbelievable inflation and recession, and they don't want that. And uh, this is not just an episodic dislike of one candidate or like of another. This is a fundamental transformation. The rainbow has lost one of its colors <laughs> because they never found a pot of gold at the end of it, even <laughs> though they looked like hell for it. Interesting. And uh, and I think that that is a, a basic change in our politics. But, you know, it gives rise to a fundamental irony that is a little bit incredible. We have all been bemoaning illegal immigration, and we've said that it's a deliberate conspiracy by the Biden administration to stuff the country, pack the country with Latinos who are going to vote Democrat, and that their solution is has, this year has been to let two million people in uh, illegally who are all going to vote Democrat and turn the country fundamentally blue. Well, wrong. <laughs> They're going to come here. They're going to settle here. Uh, After a while, they'll become citizens. After a while, they'll vote. And they'll vote Republican. They're going to pay taxes right there. They don't want to have... Yeah, they get a paycheck and they find a a big bite taken out. Yeah. Uh, And they come to adjust to life in America and they become to be relieved that it is what it is, not the life that they used to have. And all kinds of things happen that move them in the direction of being Republican. And we've seen that in Florida. We're seeing it now in Texas at some point. And we may be seeing it in California. Wow. The recall of Chesa Boudin in right. San Francisco may indicate that. We'll know a little more after the 22 elections. But um, I believe that the fundamental democratic program for changing America into a blue country has been Im- illegal immigration. And it is backfiring. Blowing up in their face. Yeah. Not only did they manage to alienate the American population, they managed to set up a basis <laughs> for alienating the very people that were coming in. And um, that is, is absolutely incredible. It's a, such a major, major sea change. Let me know what you think. Call Good for 800-848-9222. 800 848 uh, so before we reflexively oppose immigration or illegal immigration, we should still oppose illegal immigration. We should still make them come in legally. But let's celebrate the fact that the Latino population in this country is increasing. Let's not bemoan it uh, because because this may really give us that permanent uh, electoral majority we're looking for. We always assumed that the Latinos would vote the way the blacks voted and that they follow the same trajectory. But now it's clear that they are not. If they're following any trajectory, it's the Italian or Irish trajectories, which is they came into the U.S. and they were poor people and they learned that poor people are Democrats, so they voted Democrat. And then as they lived here a while, they saw that the Democrats were phony and that their long-term interests were with the Republicans, and they flipped and became a solid, solid basis of the Republican constituency. White, white ethnic voters, Irish, Italian, Polish, German, mm. uh, are a core element now of the Republican Party, whereas they used to be the basis of the Democratic Party. And I think that we all need to reconfigure our political calculations with that in mind. Um, let's go to, oh, hey, Judith in oh, Brooklyn. Judith, hey, Judith. Oh, my God. How are <clears throat> you? It's good to, good to hear from you. Hey, good afternoon, guys. I'm listening, and I want to tell you something. Um I I kind of feel as an equation. Here's the equation. Democrat Party is equivalent to death to America by a thousand cuts. Okay? (laughs) The Democrats are just any which way you want to turn. They're just like – they're trying to, like, kill America. So here, uh, specifically, two things, Dick. Number one, you're talking about the the votes. So as far as votes go, Eric Adams has allowed 800,000, maybe more, illegals to vote in New York without IDs, whatever, and illegally to vote here. Vote in city elections, Judith. Judith, City elections. They can't vote for president, senator, or governor, but they can't, or state senate or state assembly, but they can vote for city council and mayor, and that's why the city council passed the bill. 
It's the perpetually stay in office as long as you bloody well like <laughs> Bill. <laughs> is that the actual the name of it? Dick, That's the official yeah. name. That's the legislative name. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Judith. Dick, the other thing, two other things. The other thing is George Soros has just now purchased, you know that wonderful guy George Soros? Oh, yeah. Purchased 18, he purchased 18 Spanish-speaking radio stations. And the purpose for that is to actually, you know, propagandize and inform illegals and whatever that they don't need IDs, they could go and vote, blah, 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 for that purpose, which is very scary. And two, a vote for Hochul, whatever her name is, is a vote for pro-criminal Alvin Bragg. Yokel. That's all you yeah. need to... Yeah, yeah. That, that, it's like you're I, voting for Alvin Bragg. I want that's... to just point out another, another thing that's going on with the Latino vote. There is a fundamental change in the religious affiliation of Latinos in the United States and in Mexico, away from Catholic and toward evangelical. And uh, the evangelical percentage of the population in Mexico used to be about... 12 or 15 percent. Now it's up to 30 or 35. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, that's not Mexico. In the United States, uh, a third of all Latinos that live here are evangelicals. What's the difference? What's well, the difference? Catholics, Catholics should, they should both be anti-abortion, right. but Catholics' anti-abortion is kind of worn away. They really don't listen to the Vatican much anymore. Hmm. They kind of are independent. But the evangelicals are fiercely newly religious, recently converted, and very focused on theological priorities. Uh, And therefore, they're much more vigorously and aggressively pro-life and uh, anti-gay marriage Mm -hmm. and all of that stuff. So I think that's been a factor. Thank you, Judith. You take care. Thank you, Judith. Let's go to Andrew and Stanhope. Hey, Andrew. Yeah, I just want to say I think your analyst is you're right on the money. And uh, I heard you in the past say that, um, you know, immigrants in general, they usually vote Democrat. The Democrats sign them up, you know, when they enter the country and then they get a little bit of money, you said, and they become Republicans. And my my history, my mom's Italian, my father's Slova. So it's exactly what you described. They were Democrats. They worked, you know, in construction, the coma, and then Giuliani, Reagan, you know, they got a little money, too, and they became Republican. Yep. So, and I think now it's more extreme because of what you were saying, that the Democrats are more radical. They're not JFK Democrats yep. or Bill Clinton Democrats yep. and attacking the family. Yeah, and the I, trans- I always like to yeah. say that I've always stood on the 50-yard line of the football field, but now <laughs> it's in the end zone. <laughs> Right. right, right. Yeah. Well, thank you, Andrew. And the- I appreciate it. This is 77 WABC, and this is the Dick Morris Show. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. People come up to me every day and they say, yeah, we get it that Biden's in the tank. We get it that Trump is doing well. We get it that the Republicans are going to win both houses. But aren't the Democrats just going to steal it? You know, sometimes as a Republican conservative, you kind of think you're, you're just like Charlie Brown. You know, you <laughs> run like hell up to the football, optimistically, all full of energy, and you give it your best shot, and Lucy takes the ball away Lucy. at the last minute, and you go spinning in the air and crashing down on your butt. <laughs> and it happens over and over and over Love again. Charlie Brown. And you're always optimistic about kicking the football. <laughs> and that's kind of how we've come to think of our election stuff. Uh, we always win on election day and then a week later find out we lost. Mm. But let me tell you something. The problem of ballot fraud in this country is over. Really? Ending. You think that? Really? Not quite over, but ending. Wow. And by uh, election day this year, 22, by November, it will be over. Wow. It will be a thing of the past. 
And you uh, heard it from Dick Morris. And I I know well because I've been working very hard on it. Yeah. It's been my obsession in the last year. Good. And let me go through the state of play with you, okay? And I'm going to be as dispassionate as I can be. There are five states we're talking about. The easiest one is Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, the governor appoints the secretary of state. So if we get a good governor, he'll appoint a good secretary of state, and there won't be any ballot fraud. Mm. All the people who have, who are running, manning the, uh, the elections are not civil service. They're appointed, and they'll be independent people or Republicans and people who are going to be honest about the election. Hopefully Mastriano. And they're going to make sure that nobody votes without and, – and the legislature is going to pass again the bill that it passed earlier in the year. And it's the model statute that they – in a lot of states are doing now. It, it's the model. It says no ballot – no drop boxes, no, no mail-in ballots without proof that you're eligible, no voting without a photo ID, no ballot harvesting – Eliminates all of that crap, and it really assures an at an honest election count, no voting after election day, and so on. Now, uh, Pennsylvania's passed that bill, and the governor Wolf, the Republican, a Democrat, vetoed the bill. But uh, now, with the new governor, if we get get it, it's going to be signed. And our candidate, you've heard him on, I've talked about him a lot. It's Doug Mastriano, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who won the Republican primary. And he's a strong, strong Trump supporter. He had Trump's endorsement. The the rap on him is he can't win. He's too crazy. Well, the last poll showed him almost statistically tied, slightly behind, and even begun the campaign yet. He's going to win. And if he wins, it's going to basically put Pennsylvania in our column. Uh, So don't worry about Pennsylvania. If you live there or you have friends there, vote for Mastriano and you're really voting for president. The second state is Michigan, which gets a little more complicated, but we had a big break there. Michigan, 17 electoral votes. And uh, the governor, uh, Gretchen Whitmore, is an ultimate radical, crazy liberal, and she appointed a a damn communist as secretary of state, Joycelyn Benson. And she got elected on the platform that the black vote was being suppressed in America— and that she would eliminate the obstacles to voting to dramatically increase the turnout, basically a platform of ballot fraud. And she implemented that. No sooner did she take office, she, she replaced a uh, Republican, and the Democrats, Soros, put a lot of money into her campaign. And as soon as she got elected in, in 2019, she sent out absentee ballots to everybody, mail-in ballots to everybody, got rid of all the election inspectors and appointed hardline Democrats from the Detroit political machine and the other ones to man the polls. Mm -hmm. And she gave them instructions. You go in, you sit with the voter when they're filling out the card. Um, And you have ballot harvesting and no signature verification and drop boxes all over the place. And Michigan was gone. So we have to hope that we defeat Whitmore, we thought, and elect a Republican governor of Michigan. And we have a great candidate, a woman named Tudor Dixon, yes. who's going to be endorsed by Trump and will win the primary and is very good. Mm-hmm. But we don't have to go that far. I learned this week from a guy who is key in Michigan politics that there is a law in Michigan that's been on the books for a while, but we never used it. We used it to pass the right-to-work law in Michigan, which the governor opposed. And it says that if instead of just filing a bill in the legislature and saying, here's my bill, I introduce it, you can get 500,000 signatures on petitions, and then the bill automatically is introduced in both the House and the Senate in the Michigan legislature. And if it passes both houses, which this will, and if we get the signatures, which we will, this mother of all ballot integrity measures that I was talking about in Pennsylvania, and will pass in Michigan. And we, even if we don't defeat, Whit, defeat Whitmore, uh, we are going to win in Michigan. Now, there's something else we have to do. There's a woman named um, uh, Christina Camano, who is running for Secretary of State with Trump's endorsement, a black woman, and we have to help her win and defeat this crazy Benson. But uh, basically, this law 
guarantees that you really won't be able to cheat in Michigan. Uh, we need the Secretary of State to make sure they don't try, but uh, but if we're able to do that, I think we're going to win. And now with the strong candidate for governor and the new law in Michigan, I think we're in good shape. Then you have uh, the big unknown, Wisconsin. Wisconsin has always required, Wisconsin's 10 votes, it's always required voter IDs since 2011. So everybody kind of relaxed about Wisconsin saying, hey, there's photo ID and, you know, so we'll probably have a fair election there. And then the Democrats discovered a loophole in the law. The law said that you do not have to have photo ID if you are indefinitely confined. And the way you find out if you're indefinitely confined is to say so. <laughs> if no proof. And even if you're not indefinitely confined, you can choose uh, to – you can vote without photo ID if you produce a witness. You know The, the paper boy. The paper boy, the guy <laughs> off the corner. No, no notary or anything That's that says you exist and you are that name. That's rich, rich. So they had millions of people voting under this. So um, <laughs> we have to win the governorship in Wisconsin. That's the only if out there. But we have a very good candidate. Uh, his name is um, – I'm forgetting it. Williams, I think. I'll check it. Michaels, uh, something Michaels. Stan Michaels, I think. I and uh, he's a good Republican, endorsed by Trump, just got into the race a couple of weeks ago and is running fairly well. Then you come to uh, – to Arizona and uh, – then you come to Arizona and Georgia, which should be easy. There are Republican governors in both states. Uh, There's a Republican Republican secretary of state in uh, in Georgia, although he's a rhino. But with Kemp as governor and Brad Raffensperger as secretary of state, you can't count on anything because they're such sellouts, such pigs. Hmm. And they got reelected despite Trump's endorsement. And they'll give it away again. But the legislature passed this mother of all integrity bills through the legislature, and Kemp signed it. One good thing he did because he knew he was in trouble. So Georgia, I think, is going to be okay. And Arizona, they also passed this law. And we have a candidate for Secretary of State in Arizona, Mark Fincham, who's really good. And we have a shot there. So, you know, why did we lose the election of 2022? You've got a thing or two to learn about me, baby. Cause I ain't taking it no more and I don't mean maybe. You don't know right from wrong. Well, the love we had Here is it gone. comes. Did you get yeah. it, Dick? Did you get yeah, it yet? I tried to get it all. <clears throat> <laughs> He's always trying so to memorize that. I can that. easily blame, call the Democrats that, but at some point I'll learn it and quote it yeah. a lot. He's always trying to. Get uh, let's the go to Gino in the Bronx, who has a thought I want to talk about. Well, first of all, let me give a shout out to Judy, Judy, Judy from Brooklyn, even yes. though she didn't return the favor for me, as she promised she was going to do. Hey, I don't know if she did email you about the way you mistreated me last week, but that's okay. Oh, I'll she, let her slide. Oh, she did I text you. me, and I didn't— uh, I but disagreed he, with you, yeah, but go ahead, She kept Gina. her word. That's good. She did, okay. actually. Two words for you, Dick. Voter fraud. Absolutely. And you even yeah. agreed with me after yeah. you hung up on me, yeah. and now you're agreeing with me again. But the difference is still going to be three states, Florida, Wisconsin, and Michigan. Yeah. And throw in Arizona and a couple other states like Georgia, because rhino slime balls are still going to collaborate <laughs> with the scum in your former party, the Democrats. Yeah. And to pick up where I left off, Slick Willie and Hilda Beast, they're going to be hovering around. That. They're not going to let, uh, uh, what's that face over there, uh, Morticia from the Adams family replace Bonehead. President Bonehead is going to go. He's going to try to get reelected. And the only way he gets reelected is if we have deaf, dumb, and blind Helen Kellers as secretaries of state in those, right. in those yep. states that I mentioned. Yep. Yep. So You're right. Don't knock Helen Keller. Good lady. Yeah, right, uh, right, right. But, yeah, but, you know, come on. Uh, actually, um, the call screener said that she wanted to say Cubans are the only Latinos that vote Republican. 
used to be true, not true anymore. Uh, the, in the Rio Grande Valley, those are not elect, not Cubans who elected Myra Flores. They're they're Mexicans, Latinos from Mexico, and uh, there's a huge change now. Sixty percent of the Latino vote is Mexican, about seven percent is Cuban, and the rest is assorted Central and South American. But uh, they're all shifting and beginning to become Republican. This is the Dick Morris Show. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. The great Dick Morris. I want to make more of a point about this Michigan law, because it is really incredible that we do not need Gretchen, Gretchen Whitmar, the Democratic governor of Michigan, to sign a ballot integrity law to be assured that Michigan will not be stolen like it was in the last election. And that is just incredible. I don't need you, I don't need friendship. And I don't need flowers in the spring. And I don't need you. So it is incredible that we're going to be able to pass this without governor being involved. That's great. Uh, but in a few uh, weeks, I'm going to have on the show here Christina Caramo, who is uh, running for governor, and uh, very important that she win uh, because we have to stop the fraud from happening in the first place, and then uh, and then use the law to make sure that we're okay if it does happen. Let's go to Jack and Hackensack. Hey, Jack. Jack and Hackensack. Hey, Dick. You and your sidekick are number one. Keep up the great work. <laughs> Thank you. I just want to give you, bring you up to speed. This is complete nonsense. Nancy Pelosi, disgusting witch. Nancy Putana referred to our <laughs> troops as, as stormtroopers. She should be ashamed oh, of herself. And let me tell you something, Dick. Uh, two weeks from tomorrow will be the longest running American America's birthday, Fourth of July parade on Travis and uh, Victory Boulevard on Staten Island. Now, good friend Nicole Maliotakis, a congressional cutie, is going to be there. I want you and your sidekick to be there, uh, and I want uh, you and your sidekick to be there when we we, are, we got together to protest Biden closing down, attempting to close the East Twenty Third Street Federal VA Hospital in Manhattan oh, and yeah. the Bay Ridge Port oh. Hamilton Brooklyn. Veterans would have to go to the Bronx. North, North Long Island or the East Orange, New Jersey, the only federal VA hospital is in the Garden from, State. From Staten Island? Yeah, that's outrageous. Oh, that, my God. That is outrageous. But, uh, Jack, doesn't the new law that McCain got passed uh, say that you can go to, that a VA veteran can go to any doctor right. and the VA will reimburse him for the medical care? And East Orange is a war zone. No, Idiot. But- no, but what what about what I just said? Uh, I think the new law says that a VA, that a veteran doctor, a veteran patient, does not have to wait online for five months or whatever or uh, search out a hospital but can uh, get treated by a doctor and submit the bill to Medicare um, or the doc- Medicare pays the doctor directly. Is, isn't that the case? Trump put that through. Yeah. Trump also made it. We didn't have to wait 13 months, Dick. Right. We didn't. Have, we used to have to wait 13 months for an answer of a compensation case with the yeah. VA. I know. Dick, I've been fighting the VA and that corruption since the United States Department of Veterans Affairs was the United States Department of Veterans Administration. Yeah. And that's since Jimmy Carter, God help me. Yeah. Almost 50 years I've been fighting the case. Okay. And every year they, they get out the stamp that says not service-connected, even though I put together evidence. I have paperwork from 50, 50 years ago. Thank you, Jack. Love what you're doing. Thank uh, let's you, Jack. Joe in Brookhaven. Hey, Joe. Hey, happy Father's Day. Good morning. Good. Uh, Maya Flores, you mentioned her. Yes, she's Hispanic. She ran on God, Country, and Family as a Trump-looking. Yep. And Zeldin is running from Trump. That's pretty good. We're going to use that. Yeah, Yeah, that's cool. Let me write that down. Oh, for sure. And that's who's going to win New York, and they're running. They're making a mistake. It's the New York State swamp candidate, Zeldin. 
He's a GOP puppet against Giuliani. I'm going for Giuliani because Andrew? he's an unapologetic Trumpican. Zeldin is a dud. He's fizzled out. There's no, he's not aspiring. There's nothing there. And I think he's going to get 35% maybe. You need a spark like Giuliani. And they're running from Trump. They're making a huge mistake. He's, a, he's basically been a, he's a puppet. He's a good yeah. man. He should have been attorney general or something. He's not going to do it. And the thing is, the problem is, this is a bellwether for Trump. Because yeah. they're backing Garbarino. Garbarino <laughs> is voted against the gen- Three strikes who's, that man, that congressman in the second district. And he's, he's, a, he's oh. an anti-Trump. He voted, he's a, he voted for the January 6th okay. commission. He had- good. Uh, I appreciate Thanks. your view. I know who Garbarino is. We have to check that out. He wasn't talking about Astorino, I hope. Astorino, yeah. No. no. That is not true. I like that That's guy. That's gross. Astorino. Yeah, uh, don't fl- I don't think it went in the primary, but he flagged the illegal immigrants coming in. You think Zeldin has the shot? I think Zeldin will win it. Uh, and I think he'll be a good candidate. I think he'll I like Giuliani also. So uh, <laughs> let's go to Chris and the Catskills. Hey, Chris. I agree with your co-host. Giuliani's going to win. I'm a Democrat. I voted early today, okay. and I voted for Antonio Delgado. I know him personally. He was my congressman for three and a half years. Yep. I voted for Tom Swazi. I met Hochul six and a half years ago when I was an elected legislator myself, and I thought she was intelligent. I liked her, but I think the business has changed her in six and a half years. She doesn't strike me as the same person that she was then. And um, she may be in a little bit over her head. And, you know, in politics, the ego and the desire and the motivation to win won't allow you to evaluate yourself to to see if you are in over your head. Of course. And then I voted for Kevin Cahill, okay, over Sarah Hanna Roshni, who's a socialist. And unfortunately, uh, Assembly District 103, which okay. is Ulster Good. County, Rhinebeck, yeah. Red Hook, Good. and Tivoli, and Dutchess okay. County. Well, thank you. Thanks, Chris, for telling us about that. Uh, now, in the 24 general election, there is a real question that it is on everybody's mind, of course, of will Biden run again or not? And uh, I believe clearly he will not. Because he's such a moron, he doesn't know that he will not. They haven't, t- they haven't told him yet that he will not. When you're stupid, you don't know you're stupid yeah. type of thing? Yeah, uh-huh. this guy needs, as I said, a ben- ventriloquist to talk for him <laughs> and a taxonomist to stuff him like a moose you put on the wall so that he looks alive. What and are we talking about now? Biden. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I think that uh, that he will not run again. But really interesting, this week they asked AOC whether she would support Biden for president. And she didn't say yes. She said, uh, well, you know, I think we have to make that judgment when we come to it. We, we're not even sure if he's going to run. He said that he's going to run. And, uh, and he's certainly done a great job. Uh, but She's I'm not sure we have to wait till that comes. Right. At the same time, Hillary was asked if she would run for president. And she said, absolutely not. Biden's going to run again. I'm going to support him, and I think he's going to get reelected. That's how she had to bet. Both of those are basically lies. Yeah, they both know that Biden is not going to run again, and they both know that they can't come out now and say they're mm-hmm. going to oppose Biden, and they'll never oppose Biden because he'll never run again. They can't come out and declare now because they'll get killed in the Democratic Party. Right. So they're lying. And they're saying, oh, I don't know, Biden might is going to run again, and I'm going to support him. So I think that's where it's at. Yeah, you don't ask for promises and don't have to lie, but AOC and Hillary lie gratuitously. And uh, it's pretty clear that they are preparing to run. Uh, the establishment doesn't believe it. There are some that still believe Biden's going to run. There are some that even believe he can win. Hmm. Uh, thank God for those folks. <laughs> but there, but basically, I think what's going to happen, I've said this a million times, is that when Biden loses the midterm elections badly, he's going to be forced out. People will come to him and say, the senators will come to him and say, Joe, we can't run in 24 
either with you as the candidate. Uh, and you have to announce now that you're not going to run again so we can vet the other candidates and find a good one to replace you and try to keep the process under control. And he's going to say, okay, guys, I'll say that. And then he'll pull out. Stay as president, but pull out. Then I think that uh, Harris will vault to the lead in the polling. But she polls in the mid-20s in hypothetical scenarios with Biden out. She'll never be able to control this nomination. And after a few months or maybe a year of her trying to run, uh, she won't have enough money and she'll do like she did last time. She'll drop out. And then it'll be a completely open field. I think what's going to happen is that the establishment will rally to Pete Buttigieg, who they've been setting up. He's in the cabinet. He's uh, been able to dole out the money for stimulus, $2 trillion. And he's the center of all patronage and Santa Claus for the Democrats. Oh, he's on the arm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just taught <laughs> me that one. Arm. And uh, the blacks will realize that they can't get Harris elected. So they'll go with someone else. It might be... If Stacey Abrams wins in Georgia, God help us, oh it might God. be her. But if not, it'll probably be Cory Booker in Jersey, the senator. But then AOC is going to get into this race. You really believe that? Yeah, she I, I and the squad, them. these crazy progressives, are going to say, we've got these this monster Donald Trump coming down the pike. We can't beat him with a old, senile candidate like Biden. <laughs> we need a young, charismatic female, Latino oh, candidate to run. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be AOC. By the way, she's three months old enough to do that. <laughs> then she acts AOC, like she's three months old. Once AOC jumps into the race, guess who's going to come in against her? Hillary will say, I didn't want to get back in. I didn't want to have to you know, go through this again. But I can't let AOC be the Democratic nominee. I can't let her be president. So I'm going to get into this race to make the Democratic Party moderate and reflect American values and be like it historically was under my husband's presidency. And then there will be a fight all year between AOC and Hillary. That'd be great. And when and, and I believe what'll happen is AOC will win most of the primaries, Hillary will win all the superdelegates, and there'll be a rules fight as to whether the superdelegates can vote their conscience, assuming they have any, uh, or have to follow the vote of the state, which is the current party rule. But that's just a party rule. It can be changed at the convention at any time. Which they love to do. So that's what I think is probably going to happen. It's an amazing strategy. Uh, yeah, I think together. it is. Let's go to Al and Yonkers. Hey, Al. Oh, Dick, thanks for taking my call. Well, I, I remember you and uh, your reputation precedes you when you were a top uh, national strategist in the 90s. My hometown, uh, Yonkers. Oh, okay. Uh, that's great. Uh, yeah, Dick, I just want to say to you, uh, in the governor's, the prospective primaries next Tuesday, yeah. I, I'm a registered Republican, and I wanted to go with Zeldin, but in my heart I can't because uh, Giuliani's ideology is more aligned with mine, so mm-hmm. I will vote for Giuliani. Uh, I think it will be a two-way race. Uh, you know, Zeldin probably has the upper hand because in a primary, mostly district leaders come out. It's a low turnout. Uh, I think Giuliani will do good in areas like Staten Island, whereas Zeldin will do good in the strong Republican strongholds of Suffolk County and Nassau well, County. Zeldin comes from Staten Island. He'll do well there. But but look, I think that uh, it's a it's a t- it's a difficult race. Uh, I think that any of the three of them would be fine. And frankly, I'm not getting involved because I don't want to fracture Republican unity. We have a superb chance of defeating Kathy Hochul and electing Republican majorities in the state Senate and making it a little more competitive in the Assembly. And I don't want to screw that up by making the primary acerbic and partisan and bitter. The three good candidates, uh, and, uh, and, and we'll... We'll see who wins. We're blessed with having candidates like that. This is 77 WABC, and this is the Dick Morris Show. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718 718- 
800-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno, he's your numero uno. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. So I want to go to Angela in Wisconsin. You have a correction for me? <laughs> oh, thank you, Mr. Morris. Yes, I called to edit one thing that you mentioned. Important uh, uh, election coming up, of course, in Mich- Michigan. You said that Kare- K- Ms. Caramo, Christina Caramo, yep. was running for governor. She's not. No, Secretary of she- State. I'm sorry. Secretary of State. Yeah. We're, talking about, we're talking about Michigan, right? Yeah, uh, Tudor Dixon is running for governor, and she'll be a great governor. Um, William Kelly. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah, no, he is running. He's he's definitely running for for governor, unless they put him in jail, of course, for something he didn't do. Because (laughs) they did go to they did go to his home. Right. Thank you. Got a cold, Angela. Now there is a. uh, You remember there was this commission that was set up. Uh, by the Repu- by the Democrats uh, to try to end uh, defamation and inaccurate stuff, disinformation, they called it, and it was in the Department of Homeland Security, and was really developed. It was really set up as a as a uh, policy to, during COVID, so that people who said the COVID vaccine is bad, you shouldn't take it; it'll hurt you. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Which is, of course, cacacola, fairly accurate. Uh, but at that time, it was seen as being uh, disruptive and seditious because everybody should take the vaccine. They were in a big jihad about that. Whenever we think about the vaccine, particularly now when they're giving it to kids under five years old, for God's sake, God, when there's very little of any COVID among them, uh, remember that Pfizer makes fifty-six percent of its profit from the vaccine, and Pfizer elected Biden president by withholding the announcement of the vaccine until a week after Election Day. Can you believe that? Trump would have won by an even larger margin than he probably did uh, had that come out before. (laughs) And all this focus on the vaccine is uh, Biden paying Pfizer back. Um, So they set up this disinformation commission and everybody raised hell about it, and they backed down, and they said, we're not going to have it. Now they're setting up a new operation headed by Kamala Harris, Kakala Harris, <laughs> uh, and it's in the uh, White House office. And its goals include, quote, developing programs and policies to protect political figures and journalists from disinformation, abuse, and harassment. Oh, so they're allowed says, to, to disinform and she's going to protect them for that. They, they're going to protect politicians right. and ju- journalists for from lying. criticism. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. From criticism. Yeah, got it. Uh, and they say in the U.S. and around the world, women in LGBTQI, they keep adding initials. I can never do Political that. leaders, public figures, activists, and journalists are especially targeted by sexualized forms of online harassment and abuse, undermining their ability to exercise their human rights and participate in democracy, governance, and civic life. Online abuse and harassment, which aims to preclude women from political decision-making about their own lives and communities, undermine the functioning of democracy. Grow a skin. So the objective is to police speech. And it goes back, really, to the that text. It's very similar to the Alien and Sedition Act that were passed under John Adams in 1798. And really, was the protest against that was really the basis for Thomas Jefferson being elected president in 1800, the backlash against that. And now it's happening again. And the thing here is we're going to protect politicians from the voters. So this is really what's going to happen. 
Uh, this is a law that will enable the government to identify people who have who disagree with it and go against the government and prosecute them uh, criminally. Uh, the under the Sedition Act passed in 1798, uh, a congressman was sent to jail for criticizing the Adams administration. And uh, the Supreme Court, the act was repealed by Jefferson when he took over in 1800, and the Supreme Court threw it out a few years later, saying that it was illegal. But uh, this is sort of an attempt to resurrect that. And they're going to intervene and say, and, and the goal is to get their rulings to be enforced by the Internet companies, the big tech companies. Uh, I was wrong in saying people go to jail. They won't. But what they will do is tell big tech, you have to censor this statement by this politician because it's irresponsible and it's going to cause defamation to public officials and is wrong and is disinformation. And they'll use that against everybody from the lowest Republican MAGA activist all the way up to Donald Trump. Fascism. Yeah, it's fascism. It absolutely is. And the arbiter of this, the decision maker, is going to be our friend Kamala Harris. Cackle. Cackle Harris. <laughs> uh, so so this is, is a horrible thing that I think is going on. Let's go to Anthony Yonkers. Why, oh. Hey, Yonkers, yeah. That's where you're Still from. Still a great Dick. city for sure. Thank you, Dick. I, I love the show. Thank you. I wanted to ask you a question with Zeldin. Um, you know, I'm a Republican. Zeldin's ad uh, on the radio talks about uh, my friend Astorino um, hanging out with Hillary and Cuomo. And that pictures of him hanging out. Yeah, the word that, hanging out is the key absurd. word here. That's absurd. He was the Westchester County Executive. He was the head of Westchester County. She was the senator from New York State. What's he supposed to do, avoid her in the street, cross the street exactly. when she comes walking his way? If the county executive of Westchester did not stay in touch with the senator from New York State, that would be a dereliction of duty. Mm. That is a low and dirty shot by Zeldin. Thanks for calling him out on it, Anthony. Uh, let's, go to, um, let's go to Eric in Manhattan, also about the primary. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Hey, Dick, great show. Okay, I'm a Trump Democrat. I'm actually a Hispanic um, Trump Democrat, but, but I'm still registered. Still registered Democrat. So who would you vote for um, in the primary, well, the, the gubernatorial primary? Um, yeah. The worst person, who would be the worst pick for you to hurt the Democrats? I don't know. Well, <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not going to answer that because I've decided that uh, I do not want to promote a polarization within the, Demo- within the Republican That's Party. That's a smart move, though. This is the first chance we have had in 50 years to elect, when was Pataki? Uh, yeah. Yeah, 30-something uh, years ago, to 80. elect a Republican governor. And with him, with him, I expect we can elect a Republican state senate and uh, make progress in the assembly. And I don't want to jeopardize that by endorsing in the primary. I think Zeldin is very good. I think he's very experienced in Congress. I think he's hit the ground running. And I think he's been a loyal supporter of Trump. I think that Giuliani is very much like his father. Which is unbelievable. Which is fabulous. To get counted on to deal with crime aggressively. Uh, I'm thrilled that he's running. And uh, he'd be fantastic. And Astorino, uh, I, he was my candidate. I worked for him right. when guy. he ran for Westchester County Executive. I helped him get elected. And uh, he did a great job there. He held down taxes, even though the Democrats were trying to raise that and controlled the city county, the county council. And, uh, and then recently, he's the one that gets up at 5 in the morning every day <laughs> Takes pictures. and goes to uh, the Westchester airport and photographs the illegal immigrants being flown in on secret flights by the <laughs> yes. government. I shouldn't uh, laugh so at that. So that they can it's be horrible. shipped off from the border to uh, various places in the Northeast where they can vote in primaries and elect radical Democrats. Plan will backfire, but it's good for him for doing it. So those yeah. are three great guys. Great guys. And, uh, and I think if you talk to them when they're not running about one another, they all would admit that each other is a very good guy. But uh, it's not time for division now. It's time for us to pull together. Let's go to Kevin in New Jersey. Hey, Kevin. 
Dick, thanks for that. Hey, Dick, thanks for taking my call. Uh, going forward, people have to volunteer in mass as poll watchers and poll workers. Uh, start building your teams now with your friends, family, coworkers. And, uh, you know, federal law enforcement doesn't want to do anything if something goes yep. down. Yep. Coordinate with county sheriff's departments mm. or state police. Interesting. Yeah. Now. You're, you're absolutely right. Very interesting. Thank you for, for making the point, Kevin. Mm. The way poll watching works in New York is that every party can name a watcher for each poll, for each polling place, and, uh, and, and in each election district, really. And uh, typically, they're the old ladies who sit out in Democratic clubs and hang out, and, uh, and just year after year are the inspectors. More recently, they've been radical, liberal demagogues, uh, sometimes communists, who are determined to use their position to promote ballot fraud. And typically the Republicans have too few people to man all of the polling places. Why is that? Because there aren't that many, weren't that many Republicans in New York. And those that were weren't in political clubs. They were kind of sleeping. Huh. Um, they weren't aggressively contesting the elections because they thought it was a foregone conclusion. And the Democratic Party leaders can't scrape together enough people demand each of the polls with a Republican. Now they can. Now we have enough Republicans because they're so energized and so active right. because of our really good chances this year nationally and in New York. And uh, But we need to mobilize. So what you need to do is to, call, is to go to your local Republican club. Every district has one. And uh, volunteer as a poll watcher. They'll pay you a small amount of money to do that. And uh, and you're there at the polls, and you can stop the ballot fraud. And uh, you can go through. You can also contact the board of elections uh, in New York City at 80 Varick Street. But each county has its own board. But it's best to go through the Republican clubs because uh, they're the ones that really name the inspectors. Interesting. Very we have good. to do that because we can't let this election be stolen. So that's good to know, I, Dick. I just want to report repeat what I said at the start of this show. Ballot fraud is going to be a thing of the past if we are aggressive in 22. If we elect Mastriano, governor of Pennsylvania. If we elect uh, Christine Caroma, secretary of state in Michigan. If we elect a Republican governor of Wisconsin. And if we, uh, and in Georgia, we we They've already passed the bill. That's correct. And we need to keep up the pressure. Now, I, by definition, very few people listening to this show live in those states. So send money to these candidates. Uh, uh, we have a real chance to win these races, and they're really the presidential race of 2024. Uh, because if we carry those states, we're going to get Trump back as president. And if we don't, we'll be like Charlie Brown trying to keep <laughs> the football again. All right, Dick. See you next week. It's an honor to be here with you. WABC Radio is proud to celebrate 100 years. From October 1st, 1921, to music radio, to talk radio's crown jewel, worldwide and beyond. WABC. And w Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt. Causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024.